Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we identify as podcasters, but find our true identity in just being who God made us to be. That makes sense. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. And let's get to the news. Uh, the news of the day is Colin Trevorrow, mm-hmm. Trevorrow, yep. uh, the guy who, who directed Jurassic World. Okay. He, he was supposed to be doing Star Wars, the new Star Wars, The uh, Last Jedi, not Return of the Jedi, my favorite. Movie. Which, what's your favorite Star Empire. Wars? Empire. Empire? Uh, yeah. yeah. Empire is arguably like the best one. Yeah. Uh, but I like the Ewoks. Yeah. And so. When I was younger, I liked the Ewoks and that made it my oh, favorite. Okay. But I, I grew up and I was like. Hey. When you were a child, <laughs> you watched like a child. <laughs> but now that you're older, you've grown. Uh, so he's taking over or he was taking over and then. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who's kind of the head honcho, she's the one who always make, oversees all that stuff. Okay. She said, uh-uh, no more. They had a dispute. Whoa. What do you think really happened between Kathleen and Colleen? Colin? Probably like they got, they had a difference of opinion on what kind of tea to stock. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Or people were calling him Colleen oh. and she was too close to Kathleen. And they were calling her coffee. That's probably coffee. Uh, and so they got in a, a little tuffle, a tussie, mm. Mm. a tissy fight. And there was some problems. So I, I, this has been happening lately. Directors stepping down. Yeah. And I think what happens is to be a director, to create something like that, you kind of have to be an ego guy. Like, yeah. like it's your vision. Yeah. And they're artists. I mean, they are artists. And so then you come up with a person who's the money maker, who's the producer. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, I'm putting in 100 million, 200 million in some of these cases. And they're going like, oh, well, I want to have dinosaurs in Star Wars. <laughs> because, I, you know, he just did that. And and they're like, no, we're not having dinosaurs. He's like, I'm out. I'm out of here. Wow. I think that's what happened. It's really so, dumb because that's a big job and you should take I know. big jobs. I know. That's the thing. Like if anybody offered me a Star Wars movie, I'd be like, yes, yes. What can I do? How can I make this? Right. You know, I'll I will, I'll do anything you want me to. Like, <laughs> I will give you $50. How much can I pay you? Yeah. To do this. <laughs> uh, anyways, he's out. And so people were wondering who's going to take over JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'll be safe. He's the safe bet. Who did uh, the last or not the last Jedi? The... Uh, Rebel, man. F- uh, what are we talking about? Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, who did Rogue One? You know, I don't know. Uh, I I would know, but I don't know. That's disappointing. I know that is. I'm ashamed <laughs> of myself. Uh, JJ did Force Awakens. He'll be fine. It'll be okay. a thousand lens flares again. Yeah. Um, it'll be very Spielberg esque because yeah, Force Awakens was good. Yeah, I liked it. People hate on Force Awakens all it, the time. It kind of makes sense for him to do the next one. I know. All right. I know. Well, Ryan Johnson's doing uh, Jedi, and it'll be great. So. All right, we support it. We support it. Anyways, Abrams, well done, sir. I, you know, he has a book. This is an unknown book. A lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. It's called S. And it's just a big book that's called S. And then you open it up, and there's another book inside of it. Whoa. It's like a little sleeve. The book is called S, but it's another book. And he's written a false book. And inside the book, I need to show you this. Okay. There's like napkins with little writings on it, and there's pictures and postcards and all sorts of stuff. Uh-huh. And there are notes in the in the footnotes of people who have found this book and are trying to discover the secret hidden inside the book. What? So it's almost like there, and you open the book and there's a library card in the front, and you it's like this book was found in a library and two people are renting it from the library, writing back and forth to each other at college. It's brilliant. It sounds dumb no no it's so much fun i'm going to show you and then it's going to blow your mind and inside the book there are little notes that they're leaving each other like on coffee napkins and stuff like that so i bought the book and it comes with all that yeah it's really cool okay anyways s go check it out go to amazon uh jj abrams s don't do it okay so jared jared leto leto we we we're so bad with names on this i'm sure it's leto i'm pretty sure it's billy leto Leto, i believe yeah it should be two at t's then that's his fault 
Okay. Leto. I think it's uh, D. Jared L E T T O and Leonardo DiCaprio. You got it. Is that is that coincidental? Are they brothers? Because O's? they both end in O? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a possible feud going on. I don't know. And if you're not aware of this, you need to be aware of this. This could be big. Mm. Because you have two method actors, mm. one really good, confirmed good, and one who everyone's on the fence about still. <laughs> which one's which? Leto. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll let, no, I'll let you know. Uh, just forget I said Leto and you decide. Um, but there's a possible few because, like, I think we talked about this in a past podcast. They're doing a Joker and Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. But it's a completely different thing with completely different people. So I don't even think it's the same Joker. It's like an origin story. Okay. So they're going to hire... There's rumors that they're hiring DiCaprio. People have wanted DiCaprio forever yeah. to be Joker. And I, I don't know how much of it is people just wanting it to happen and trying to speak it into existence uh-huh. or if it's actually like in talks. Right, in the industry. I don't know. Why? Why? What's what's so great about he, DiCaprio? Just because he gets what? into What's it? so great about DiCaprio? If I even have to explain that, all right, I'm going to kick you out of this room. Let's move on. Uh, I will explain it. He's fantastic. <laughs> Dennis uh, Villa, Villanueve. Wow. Villanueve. Villanueve. Anyway, Dennis. Uh, Dennis. Our he, boy. He's a director as well, and he's directing the new Blade Runner movie. Uh-huh. And Leto's in that, so that's my transition from right. Leto to Jared Leto. Leto. Mm-hmm. And Leto's known to be a method actor. He gets very into it. Uh to the point where it's just silly at sometimes. Okay. Like if you want to go to Google and type in Jared Leto, Justice, uh, not Justice League, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, like antics. Uh-huh. And I can't even repeat some of the stuff. It was so nasty what he did. Mm. Anyway, so he's on Blade Runner and he's playing a blind man. Yeah. And he has these little white blind contacts on to make him blind. Right. And so the he came in one day with the contacts in and he was like feeling around being blind and this is what the director said, okay, about Jared Leto being blind. He entered the room, Jared Leto, you have mm-hmm. to imagine it, mm-hmm. and he could not see at all. Oh, my. Because of the context. Yeah. Villain, uh, he's, he was walking with an assistant very slowly. It was like seeing Jesus walking into a temple. He's seen this, apparently. And Jesus apparently walked slowly. Very slowly with an assistant. With an assistant. Yeah. Every, everybody became super silent. Mm. Super silent, not just silent. That's right. like ultra silent. Right. And there was a kind of sacred moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone was in awe. Everyone. It was so beautiful and powerful. I was moved to tears, and that was just a camera test. So he cried because someone walked in the room fake blind. And it was just a camera test, Jeremy. Wow. Can you imagine the actual movie? It's going to, we're going to, we're going to, he's going to, all of a sudden we're going to see the movie. Jared Leto's going to walk on, st- on the screen mm-hmm. and water will just pour from, so because he's blind, mm-hmm. our eyes will be opened. Right. I can't imagine Dennis <laughs> going to an airport and seeing an actual blind person uh, living their life and doing well. Dennis sees any, any blind person like not assisted with a cane or a dog and they're like, he's like, oh, and just tears. Maybe yeah. he didn't know blind people existed and he was like, what is this? Maybe. Who is this? He can't even see. He has an assistant. Oh, my person. word. That, that's but. ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, it's probably a stunt. People know that Leto's antics like get uh, people in the theater. Yeah. So it's a stunt. Uh, a quick Jim Carrey update. So uh, a few episodes back, we were talking about how Carrey was uh, seen in this video. Mm-hmm. And he, was seemed, he seemed to be put forth some kind of faith or some kind of uh, belief in Jesus. Yeah. But it was very, very worldly and very, you know, superfluous, very on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, he, he's had a new video come out where he's being interviewed on some red carpet. 
And the girl's like, what do you, how are you doing? You know, she's trying to do her thing. How are you doing, Jim? And he's like, this is meaningless. This is stupid. Hmm. And she's like, well, well, you dressed up for this stupid thing. He's like, I'm not even here. And she's like, what? He's like, I'm not even here right now. I'm just molecules floating in it where none of us is real. And she, you know, this poor girl, like, I just want to show up for my job and interview stars. So what are you wearing? Yeah. He's like, nothing. <laughs> molecules. I'm completely nude under these molecules. <laughs> Which designer made those molecules? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 that would have been a, yeah, that would have been a great question, Jeremy. Thank what, you. What designer made those molecules? Yeah. Uh, anyways, so pray for Jim Carrey, man. The dude's like obviously searching and going through something. Right. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure his girlfriend committed suicide and yeah. that set him down a path um, of somewhere. And he's an artist now. He's doing all these, you know. Anyway, so pray for Jim Carrey. Uh, I love that dude, man. I really enjoy him. <laughs> I really enjoy his movies. Like, I grew up loving his movies. Yeah. Uh, Musk Watch. Musk Watch. Wow. Deeper still. Self driving, electric, semi trucks, moving in platoons. That sounds familiar. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> Platoons. When we were looking at this, Jeremy's like, "Platoons? What? Yeah. What's going on?" Why are they giving it a military term when trucks move together? We saw uh, Wolverine. What mm-hmm. was it called? It was X Men. Wolverine. Uh, Logan. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't any of this. Yeah. And in the movie, there's this really odd scene where he's run off the road by self-driving Self- semi trucks. Yep. And I wonder if Musk just saw that and he's like, "Oh, that'd be cool. We could definitely do that. We could do that. <laughs> get that. Get get Bob on that." <laughs> You know, <laughs> Bob's a guy for that. Anyways, this is why I always tell my kids, like, if you're going to go for a job, do something that robots can't do. Yeah. Because if robots can drive cars now, there's no need for truck drivers. Yeah. We're done. The whole transportation industry. Yeah. It's falling apart. Yeah. Trains. Why do we need self-driving trains? Everything's more efficient if a computer system can handle it, right? Yeah. But in Logan, we learned that there's... Problems that can happen with that, they right? Run they run them off the road. Things off the they road. They kill a cow or something. Yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of cool, but just be watching out for them. Yeah, kind of jumping off that, Facebook, Zuckerberg and Musk, I don't think, like each other very much. Hmm. Because Musk is like, I'm terrified of AI. And, and Zuckerberg's like, we need more AI. Like, we need robots to control my body or something like that. <laughs> Whoa. So right. he's started, Facebook has launched a Montreal AI lab, uh, and he's hiring an expert. Ooh. He hired an expert, the expert. The unnamed expert. The unnamed expert. I mean, they have billions of dollars. Like, if they hire an expert, mm-hmm. ooh, it's, you know, there's that's some expertise. It. There's some expertise that's going to be put forth. There. Unnamed. Um, so watch out for robots in the next week, probably. <laughs> this month, coming to, your, coming to your driveway, a self-driving semi-truck electric. Wow, scary. <laughs> uh, all right, it's time for the main event. Are you ready for this? Yes. It's LARPing. Okay. L-A-R-P. ING. But you can live it's really action, just live action role playing. And then I added the ING on the end. I don't actually think you say, I think you say, like, you want to go for a LARP? A LARP. I don't know. Do you say LARPing? LARP. I, I probably, I feel like LARPing is the best way to say it. Right. I'm, I'm doing some LARPing. Let us know. And let us know how to pronounce any name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so LARPing, live action role playing, what that is, is you kind of pretend to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. You dress up and you could say, all right, uh, I am. Von Staff, the Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. I just came up with that. That's I love amazing. it though. Von Staff. Mm-hmm. I'm Von Staff, the Dragon Slayer. Uh, I'm you from are not Sweden. a Dragon Slayer with that voice. I'm Sweden. Nope. So that's my character now. Jeremy would be like um, Gorog, the ogre. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, Ugh. I'm Gorog. Gorog. And then I'd be like, 
Von Staff and Gorog are off on adventures. Gorog hates Gorog adventures. Hates. And he's like the odd, we're kind of like an odd couple, like sitcom type thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's go. Gorog. I want to sit on my sofa. Yeah, he would hate it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of what we do. And then we go out and we dress up and I'm casting spells. Gorog's got his classic, what, mace? Uh, just hammer. turning around and leaving. Yeah, that's big club. <laughs> and he's, he's like, I'm over it. Uh, and so then we go out and we LARP. They, like people do this. And not only do they do it, they do huge camps. Mm-hmm. Like they will have LARPing camps and they'll go and one people, one person will have like a clan banner and they'll have huge battles and they have kings and queens and they camp out and then they'll come go back to their normal life, their jobs, and then they'll go back and LARP. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But the thing we're going to talk about is identity mm-hmm. because a huge issue in our culture right now and the struggle in our culture is subject of identity. Yeah. Would you agree that it's oh, yeah. a huge issue it's bigger than like the idea that you can choose for yourself what you want to be used to be like you could choose for yourself the job you would have or the lifestyle you would have but now we're getting down to where we're we're telling kids and ourselves that you can just literally be anything you want to be we've got people identifying as dragons and people getting makeup and (laughs) artificial surgery stuff to make themselves look like animals yeah it's gone yeah my kids and i were talking about that lizard guy the other day who has forked his tongue yeah and he's gotten implants to become a lizard yeah like a real life lizard and he identifies as i think his name is mosaic or or no that's a different guy who has there's uh, there's multiples of these yeah oh there's yeah yeah (laughs) Um, anyways, they do. Some of them do it for a living, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So the world says when it comes to identity, be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right? We were singing the Adams Family say song. What you say. say what you want to say. Live. What is it? Live, live how you want to live. Play how you want to play. Play how you want to play. That's our mantra in this. That culture. is the mantra. <laughs> and the Adams Family thought of it first. And if even if you think about the Adams Family, like that's a the whole point of that is they're an odd family right. that lives what they you know they have a weird house. They have cousin it mm-hmm. with a lot of hair. He doesn't cut his hair. What a rebel. Right, you got Uncle Fester, who's a bald guy who lights things up with his own electricity. Whoa. Okay, and the what? thing, Are what? They monsters? Yeah, okay. thing wasn't thing just a hand? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the mantra: live how you want to do, live it, play or whatever, blah blah blah. We make our, the world says you make your own identity. Go um, do whatever you want to be, be yeah. who you want to be. Yeah. Right, follow your heart, follow your heart. That's kind of the thing. Uh, somebody once said, I'm not sure who said it, but like I once followed my heart and it was the worst day of my life or something like that, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's true. Like, yeah. because the Bible says the human heart is sinful yes. above all things. Like it, right. it has one desire and it's to do evil and sin and look out for numero uno and rebel that's against me. God. John Calvin says the, the heart is an actor factory of idols. Mm-hmm. It's an endless factory that just creates new idols and new, it pumps out new little idols. Yeah. Um, so that's what the world says. The world says we make our own identity. Yeah. The Bible says God gives us our identity. Now, would that make sense for the creator, the person who made you, Jeremy? Should he have some sort of idea of what you were meant to be like? It seems like in everything that happens in the world besides our precious selves, yes. that we understand that that's how that works. When someone makes a microphone, they tell you, this is to amplify your voice. And you don't go, you, you can't tell me. This is I'm going to put it, I'm, I'm gonna put it in my armpit. Yeah. And I'm going to walk around public with a microphone on my armpit. I'm going to use this to clean my body. Yeah. yeah. It would make sense because it's not built like that. Yeah. Uh, I was saying how it's like a guy who gives you a table, all the parts. Like I just built a shelf, mm-hmm. Ikea. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, now here's an instruction manual on how this is to be used. Right. 
This is the identity of what I have here. It's a table. This is what it's meant to be. Yeah. And you go, I don't need this instruction manual. And then you start building it and you kind of go, well, I'm going to use this as a doorstop now. Yeah. And it goes, well, that's a table. It's not a doorstop. It wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And yet people every day in our culture say, I'm going to take this and I'm going to identify as this and I'm going to make it work. And it's horribly flawed. It does not work. Yeah. And it's rebellion, which is what one of, I guess, the way to describe sin is when you rebel against God. You're, yeah. you're saying, I, I don't care what you say. Almighty creator who knows everything and always is looking out for the good of his creation. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Mom and dad say, hey, go do this. And the kid goes, no. And the parents go, how dare you? Right. We created you, you know? And the whole point of that is there, the kid is rebelling just to rebel. There's a really, um, there's a great show at my wife and I watch called Malcolm in the Middle. Mm -hmm. And there's a funny episode. The writers on the show are brilliant. There's a funny episode where the kids go to two Two, two different places, the same, uh, they go to the same bowling alley, but with mom and dad. Yeah. And it flips back and forth. And the, like Francis, the main kid, will go to his dad and go, hey, dad, can I have some money? And the dad goes, oh, I'm so sorry, Francis. We just don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, dad. And then mom goes, uh, hey, mom, can I have some money? Oh, I'm so sorry. Same as that response. And he goes, you never let me have anything. Mom, I hate you. I hate you. You know, <laughs> But it's because it's the mom, yeah. right? And it shows kind of that discrepancy between mom and dad. But the same idea is there, a parent's. Mm-hmm. Where just because the parent has said it now, I mean, I'm a youth pastor and there's a lot of times where it, I can say something or the parent can say something, but, but all it takes is one kid, a friend to say something and they'll go like, well, why has no one ever told me that? Yeah. Well, we, everyone told you that you just weren't listening to authority. Right. That's what you weren't listening to. You were bucking against the system. Yep. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, John 1, 12 says this, but to all who did receive him, this is uh, Jesus who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, the interesting thing here is it says he gave mm-hmm. the right. That implies I didn't take it. it. implies I didn't get the right myself. I didn't say, I didn't self-identify as a child of God. I was given that. Right. 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 It was a gift to me, something that had to be placed upon me mm-hmm. and imparted to me. Uh, so that's when we talk about what the Bible says, that God gives us our identity. So I have no right to, to say who I am. Like, I don't, you know, if Jeremy says, uh, who are you, Heath? I don't say, well, I'm a straight uh, male. I say, oh, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's my new identity now. Yeah. And, and that was and, given to you. And it was given to me, and everything else falls under that. Yeah. Like, if I saw, talk to my son, Thad, and I'd say, what's your name? And he goes, Bob. I'd be like, well, no, that's not the name I gave you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I identify as Bob. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you're changing who you were from the core. You were Thad from, you know, growing up. Right. Anyway, so that's, that's, that we all say all that to get just, to the, just for the comedy. I hope that when he's like six years old, he just for a week do identifies that. as Bob. Bob. I would really enjoy that. <laughs> I may try to plant that in his I mind. I would love that. <laughs> so let's talk about sort of the, the ways this plays out. Okay. The first thing is masks. Um, and what we mean by masks, or I guess what we're kind of shooting at is almost like a spiritual there's different ways. A spiritual mask. There's like a um, a mask in public, a like cultural, cultural mask. Mm-hmm. And I did this in high school. I don't know if you did this, Jeremy. I was a people pleaser. I was a fake person. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And depending on what group I was in on any given day, I would wear a different mask. Yeah. So I would be Silly Heath over here. I'd be um, Silly Heath over, you know, <laughs> or, or Silly Heath here. No, no. I'd be um, Serious Heath. Always Silly, silly Heath, Heath. You know, always no Silly Heath. But, but it was exhausting. Yeah. It was exhausting. And I had, I mean, I had friends in college who did this. 
And I remember one time it was really sad. Like somebody came to me and was you know talking to me, and they said, "Oh, silly Heath," and I go, "You know, sometimes I want to be serious." And sometimes I want you just to take me seriously. And they're like, oh, okay. And it was this moment where like my true identity was coming through going, this isn't who God made me to be. Yeah. Like I can be silly and stuff, but I want to be who, I want to be Heath. Mm-hmm. I want to be Heath. And all of us know what that's like, right? To be who God made us to be. So that's masks. People wear masks. You can do this in every parts of society. It's not just like kids. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, uh, since we're a nerd uh, podcast, cosplay. Uh, people dress up. So this is kind of goes back to LARPing. People dress up and they'll go to comic cons mm-hmm. and there are professional cosplayers who, who just dress up for a living and people they'll dress up in these elaborate costumes and they'll look like the characters. Yeah. And this is different than LARPing because you're not yeah. going to be in a battle scenario. Yeah. Is that the yeah. only and difference? You wouldn't, yeah. Well, it's, it's that, but you also uh, interact as yourself. So you're just, you're, you're Heath. just dressed up. Yeah. I'd be Heath, but I'd be dressed up as, uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's just you know. Halloween convention. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'd pretend a little bit, but then I'd be like, "Hey, hey, man, how you doing? I'm Heath." Blah blah. And yeah. then I'd go back to never tell me the odds. You know, whatever. Yeah. Han Solo. Very good. Um. So so that's cosplaying, but people like to dress up and be somebody else. Sure. Okay. Uh. And then the the last thing, the big topic we're talking about is LARPing, mm-hmm. and that's completely jumping in the role, completely taking on a whole different avatar. Yeah. And there are people who merge realities. They cannot start. They start being unable to separate yeah, right yeah. which is terrifying yeah when you can't separate what's real and what's fake mm-hmm. um, there was a documentary i just watched called uh slender and it's about slender man and we're going to talk about cryptids coming up in another episode but slender man is a made-up creature mm-hmm. he's not real right and he was invented on creepypasta.com which is a scary new they make up scary stories and whatnot mm-hmm. and these girls read it and they started believing that he was real. They blended fantasy with reality. And there was some mental illness going on there. But they went and they thought they had to kill their friend in order to please Slenderman. Wow. And this whole documentary is about these two girls. Yeah. So they go and they they plot this whole thing. They take her aside and they stab this girl Jeez. trying to kill her. Now, she, thank the Lord she escaped. She's fine. And she healed from it. But the two girls, their whole lives are ruined. Yeah, They're in jail yeah. for the rest of their lives. I'm pretty sure they got convicted. Uh, but that's the issue now with with LARPing too far, taking your identity too far. And we're going to talk about this very briefly in sexual identity. Mm-hmm. When you take your sexual identity too far, now you have transgenderism. You have all sorts of, I mean, LGBTQ, you know, it adds on yeah. all the time. Back in back in the day, it was just gay and straight or lesbian. And, um, and they've added on, added on, added on. And it's to the point where our identities, both sexual and and just who we are has been so messed up mm-hmm. that I think people are genuinely confused. Yeah. And even scientists are confused because uh, science says there's two genders, male and female. Mm-hmm. And you have some scientists who are doing bad science and are saying, no, uh, well, it's whatever you want it to right. be. Trying to fit the culture. Trying to fit the culture or not be fired or killed. Because the issue is if you buck against the system, you're done. You will be knocked out of academia. Right. Right. So we should hit real quick on just what the Bible says about sexual identity. Yeah. So the, uh, the Bible is totally binary. There are male and female. It's uh, it's right at the beginning. Genesis. Yeah. He created the male and female. Um, the Bible doesn't make room for other genders. And then the Bible also is very clear that heterosexual relations between married men and women are the only permissible sexual acts. And we're sorry for the people that that offends, but yeah. the Bible 
is not about pleasing you or making sure that you're comfortable. Uh, the Bible tells us what what God says, and God is the ultimate authority. And and what we aren't saying is that Jeremy and I are not as broken as those people. Absolutely not. We are that whole point about the fall is that all of us, your next door neighbor, your pastor, mm-hmm. everyone is sexually broken. Yeah, and I, that manifests in different ways. Yeah, and so we're not saying, oh, homosexuality is a sin and it's different from everything else and that's it. We're, we're saying all sin is sin. Yeah. We're saying that the pastor who deals with pornography or any anything like that is sin of the same nature. It's rebellion against uh, a God who has not put that into our system. That's not how we're made. Yep. Even as a, as a regenerated Christian man, I still have sexual desires that are sinful that I have to fight against and, uh, and I have to put down in my, in my own self. Yeah. Same, same, same thing. Yep. Um, so, so that's not what we're saying. And so if you ever struggle with that, like this is the whole point of this episode is there's freedom in Christ. Now we are saying that we found the freedom in Christ, but we still struggle and that's uh, not going to go away this side of heaven, Mm -hmm. right? It will become easier as you're sanctified by the Holy spirit. But this is, um, the reason this is a hard subject is because we have so lost the idea of identity Mm -hmm. that we've placed it in what we want and what we desire that we can't even have the discussion anymore yeah. because you're automatically labeled as um, telling me what I can do, can and cannot do. Right. And it's not what we're telling you. It's what God, the ultimate authority is telling you. Yep. So that's our brief little uh, talk on that. So if that got heavy, continue on. Okay. <laughs> it'll be light. So let's, uh, let's talk about LARPing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does this play out in real life, everyday culture? This is a quote from a guy named Corey. Doctoro, man, these Trevoro, Doctoro. We're just uh, making this stuff. He up, has a we? book called In Real Life. I've never read it, so don't take this as a recommendation. Like, don't go read it and be like, oh my word, this is the worst thing ever. Just a good quote. Just a good quote. He says, Most of the people you see going to work today are LARPing, live action role playing, an incredibly boring RPG, which is a role playing game, mm-hmm. okay, called professionalism that requires them to alter their vocabulary, posture, eating habits, facial expressions every detail all the way down to what they allow themselves to find funny. Okay. Would you say? I think it's semi-true. I think that people do alter their behavior and their appearance uh, in order to fit into any group. So one of those groups is going to be where you work. And if you work in a super uh, fast-paced, high-stakes office, then you're going to, you know, nobody's comfortable in a three-piece suit at the office. Uh, but people have to like this is professionalism. Unless you're Don Draper do from this. Mad Men, but he does seem comfortable <laughs> most of the time. It'll be good. You do see people in every like cultural or societal yeah facet of life. Yeah, like they're going to alter the way that they behave in order to fit in, in order to accommodate the other people around them. Some of that's good manners. That's an accommodation yeah. that you make to people around you. That's great. And some of that's bad, where you uh, you pretend to be someone uh, that's nothing like what God intended you to be. Yeah. The, the funny thing is when people who go out of their way to assert their own identity yeah. have to take a job because <laughs> I, I, I always find it interesting when you go and you see a guy who has tattoos all over his arms mm-hmm. and he's wearing a suit and he has, you know, tattoos on his neck just kind of showing through and he's got long hair up in a bun. Mm-hmm. And he, you can tell this guy when he gets out of that suit, he's going to, you know, he's going to live his life. Okay. That's right. um, and you see this all the time in people who are one way at the office completely different way at home and even in church this is like there are there are live action role players at church all day long mm-hmm. who come to church and they're like everything is great i'm a model christian yeah. and then they go and live this whole separate life that some of their 
wives don't know, their husbands don't know, their kids don't know. And you go, who is this person? Yeah. I mean, you hear about this all the time when pastors fall from grace. You go, when, when did they live that life? Yeah. How could they live that life? There was a, um, a music pastor. I just read this story about this music pastor who had cameras in his home and he was recording people that would come over to his house doing inappropriate things in his house, like going to the bathroom, all sorts of stuff. Oh, geez. And this is, this is a worship pastor. Yeah. And you go, well, how could he live that life? Well, he was role-playing a worship pastor. Yeah. He was pretending to be a Christian. And so this is what the Bible, I mean, the Bible talks about this all the time. If, if you're a false believer, a wolf in sheep's clothing, the mm-hmm. ultimate role play is a wolf in sheep's clothing, Yeah, right? A, a, a ravenous wolf pretending to be an innocent sheep. Yeah, And uh, we're surrounded uh, by people that unfortunately are, are living lives like that, where it's completely duplicitous and it's, uh, you know, we've got to be on our guard and looking for truth. Yeah, you can't be naive as a yeah. Christian. You need to you know, be wise as serpents. Yep. Um, so we need to have some idea of how the world works yeah. uh, so we're not caught off guard. So let me uh, tell you about a story about my friend and I'll, I'm going to call him Bobby uh, because I don't want to, you know, if he ever, if, you know, somehow this ever got back to him. Uh, in college, I had a friend named Bobby and I, the term friend is loose there because we were more acquaintances. Mm-hmm. He was on my hall and there was one night where my sweet mates and my, um, my roommate and I would get together once a week and we'd pray. We'd have prayer requests. And we were going around, and it was the basic stuff. What can I pray for you about? Oh, my girlfriend. Or what can I pray for? Oh, I have a test coming up. Just really simple prayer requests. Things where we're all wearing our masks. If you want to see masks, get in a prayer group. And you will see everyone go, oh, well, you know, surface, surface. True prayer happens. Real prayer stuff happens when masks come off. That is when, I mean, that is when you feel the spirit move. Because people are now real. So we're in this moment. And my friend Bobby's walking by the hall, and I go, Bobby, come in here. Uh, we're praying. Come pray with us. He's kind of a recluse. He sits in his room and plays World of Warcraft on his computer. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. So he comes and sits down. I go, um, Bobby, what can we pray for you about? And he says, uh, my, my brother is a practicing Wiccan mm-hmm. or a warlock in that thing. And I go, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll be praying for that. That's, wow. That, okay, thanks, Bobby. My dad is a pedophile who's in jail right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll pray for that, Bobby. You know, and I'm looking around like we were just praying for tests and stuff, and and you can tell Bobby needed this to yeah. get off his chest, uh, and he went and talked about his mother and his sister and this horrible family life, and of course, why is he in World of Warcraft? He's escaping right. that reality. My word! And none of us, we just thought he was a recluse. He sat in, but nobody had ever gone deeper. Right. And he's escaping this reality, and I go, Bobby, oh, wow, okay. Man, and I don't know what to say. It's this moment where it's so it got real, yeah, really fast. And so bless, you know, bless his heart, my sweet mate. I throw him under the bus and I go, "Well, you you're gonna pray <laughs> because I don't, I, I can't take this upon my shoulders. Like yeah. I'm I'm so immature at the moment in this reality in my in my age. And he and he's oh man, my sweet mate. He takes it mm-hmm. and he prays for all of us, our silly little things, our tests, and the, and he goes and and Lord be with Bobby, man. And it was just ooh, this powerful moment. So I. I took that and I said, I went to my buddy Bryce and I said, Bryce, we got to get, we got to talk to this guy. We need to do something because we knew he would go LARP every Saturday morning on the chapel lawn Mm -hmm. at Covenant College. That's where I went. They would LARP. There would be a group of people and they were kind of the the weirdos, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, One of them we called Cape Girl because she wore a cape. We didn't know her name. Like we didn't bother to know her name. What is wrong with us? A Christian campus, we don't bother to know her name. She's just Cape Girl. Yeah. 
And so I go, we got it. Let's go out there. Let's go out there with Bobby. So we go to him. We say, can we come LARP with you? And his man, his face was like, what? <laughs> like you and Bryce? Like, well, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be great. So you know, he told, walked us through the thing, what you need to do. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll be the uh, Lumberjack Brothers. <laughs> and so we dress up in Lumberjack. We make axes, like fake little axes. And the way you do it is you take um, like sticks or something like that and you make foam so yeah. it's safe, so it doesn't <laughs> hurt. And we are getting re- jazzed up for Saturday morning. So Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning, we wake up even earlier. You know, we'd usually sleep in at college. And we go down with Bobby to the chapel on, and there's all these people. There's Cape Girl, and they're all out there dressed up in their costumes, and they have shields and swords. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're taking time. Like, they love that we're there. They're training us. They're teaching us how to. They want to share what they're doing with us. Yeah. And it was just this really, I think it was like two hours of us just having the best time of our lives just hacking people with axes and, you know, hitting people's shields. And I mean, and time flew by and there were wizards throwing little foam balls at people and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there, I mean, it was just ridiculous how silly this was, but we left it just going, man, what an awesome thing. That was cool Mm -hmm. to see Bobby's world. Now I, I regret looking back. It's, it's, it's sad because I look back and I never did it again. And Bobby secluded himself after that. Back to his room. Um, the next interaction I had with him was weeks later, and he was in his room in the dark during class. And I said, Bobby, what are you doing, man? This is your class period. He had a can of Chef Boyardee ravioli uncooked, eating out of the can. Yeah. That should have been a clear warning sign to me, in right. the dark, eating can of ravioli. And um, the next semester, I came back, and Bobby was gone. I don't know his last name. I don't know where he went. Yeah. Uh, I'll never see him again, probably. I, my prayer is I'd see him in heaven. Right. But I... I, I lost the gospel opportunity there mm-hmm. and God gave it to me. Um, and I think back to the opportunity, man, I, I missed it. And that one little window, God said, here's, here's a guy who's hurting, who needs help. And he needs you to break down what you would think is cool. And, and you need to go in his world. Yeah. And that's why people like Bobby, this is why I do this podcast is because people like Bobby are all, around you. They're your neighbors. They're your, your enemies. They're your friends. They're the people you're checking out with and they need somebody to go, Hey, do you want to come in and pray with us? Yeah. They need somebody to invite them to be real mm-hmm. in their world. And, and so I, I mean, pray for, pray for that guy. It, it, you know, God knows who he is. God knows where he is at, but let me invite you. If you're listening to this and you go, I'm not a nerd or I'm not, uh, let me invite you to try to learn something new about something, some part of culture, something where you can inject the gospel into and you can say, well, here's what you're doing and here's truth and here's how you can interact because that's what we tried to do, even though we failed because we were <laughs> foolish in, in college and we were self-centered, uh, and I still am, but more so at the time. If I can encourage you, yeah, you did uh, You did ask how you could pray for him and then you guys did pray for him yeah. um, and with him so that he could hear your words and, and hear the gospel in that. Yeah. So, uh, I know you didn't get all the opportunities he wanted there, uh, but God used you in that way, and yeah. that, that was good. And the the silly thing is, he has no clue right. about this. Yeah. I mean, he he has no clue. He probably doesn't even remember who I am. But that moment was a God impacting me. There's um there's a guy I can't remember who who he is. Maybe Henry Nguyen, but he talks about listening to the story of your life and w- the places where you can't things you can't forget in your life. Mm-hmm. You always remember them, and you go, God, why do I remember? something from six years old. Yeah. 
And the whole point is God has ordained your mind to remember certain things that need to stick with you and then try to learn from what is the spirit telling me about that situation. Hmm. So looking back, I cannot forget that. It's very vivid to me. And at the time, it was nothing to me. But I look back and I go, God, what do you want to teach me from that moment? Um, And so that's, man, that's an encouragement. Anyways, so all of that is to say people are masking who they truly are inside. They're trying to cover up. At, at the heart of all identity issues, I think, is really somebody wanting to be loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. Would, I mean, do you think that's... I mean, ultimately, the heart is sin, yeah. right? And rebellion. But it's somebody who is longing for attention or longing for acceptance. Yeah. I, I, just, I just want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I love you. Right? I accept you. I love you, too. <laughs> I want to be known. Like, I want God to know me. And there are some people who go, well, if God ever knew me, like really knew me, mm-hmm. man, he would hate my guts. Yeah, I think love and acceptance are primary drives, but, uh, but it's not simple and sweet like that. Yeah. Like because we're all mixed up with sin, uh, because our nature is in rebellion against God, like there's there's a lot more going on. And uh, the Bible talks about it throughout. Uh, it talks about the condition of our hearts and what it is to be new in Christ. Yeah. And that's, if, if you want a, a quick cut answer to why do people put masks on, it's not. It's not quick. Yeah. It's complicated. And each person is no. There's no blueprint. Yeah. You know, for each person, there's no set blueprint. Like, why is this happening, or what's going on? Right. You know? But the Bible invites you to to remove your masks before God and come to Him exactly as you actually are. Yeah. And uh, and to find forgiveness there in Christ uh, yeah. and in the sacrifice of of the Son. Yeah. Because the whole point of being a Christian, and we've talked about this so much in the time, and you're going to hear us talk about it in the future, yep. is that you move from death to life. Yeah. The whole point of being a new creation means that you are new a creation. Mm-hmm. You're, if, you, if you say, well, God made me this way, or I was born, you know, um, there are people who are legitimately born into this world. There are babies that are born with a heroin addiction yeah. from their parents. Yep. It's a sinful thing passed to their kids. And those babies have to fight that. Yeah. And they could say, well, I'm addicted to heroin. God made me this way. Right. I was born this way. And that's not the truth at all. It's sin. It was sin that was caused by their parents that was passed on. And that's what we've been saying the whole time. Adam sinned, and my sin is now passed on to my son and to his son and their children, and it will be passed on, passed on. Jesus came to take away that sin, yeah. to give me a new identity. And so now I'm no longer, I don't go, well, I'm a child of Adam. I say I'm a child of God. Right. I, I have a whole new lineage now. Mm-hmm. And you are, you are born to the family. You are now accepted in the family. And so now my sin still carried over from Adam, but it's taken care of. Right. Once and for all, it's destroyed. It's been destroyed on the cross. So don't stay in Adam. Don't uh, yeah. Don't live your life. I put him to death. <laughs> and so that's what the Bible says, put him to death every day. Uh, Paul talks about how we carry the old man yeah. around with us. Mm-hmm. So the idea is the old man of sin has died with Christ. Um, but now in our new life, we still carry him around. And the image I think he's going to there is in Roman culture, if you killed a man, one of the punishments during a certain time was you would carry the body with you. Yeah. They would chain the body to your back and you would have to carry the dead body around town. Yeah. Okay. I cannot think of many worse punishments than that. Yeah. And so the idea of Paul is saying that the body's been dead. You've killed the God. Christ has killed the old man. Now you carry him around. And so you're still going to stink. Yeah. There's going to be times where you're have the dead body and you go, I got this body, <laughs> you know? And so when we try to pretend, you know, uh, Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Mm-hmm. You look really good on the outside. If you dig a little deeper, you're going to find some bones. Right. You're going to find a corpse. And a that's, stench. that's, there's a stench. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens 
um, when we when we stay so when we stay in the old identity, we have to move from the old man to the new man. Yeah, and we're going to back this up with some scripture. But yeah, there's two possible identities for you listening to this podcast. Uh, one is a, a sinner destined for the wrath of God. The other one is a redeemed sinner in Christ, made perfect in His holiness, destined for the glory of heaven. That's right. So let's go to Romans six. Uh, 6 through 11, and then we're going to follow that up with 16, 18. This is, um, would you read that, mm-hmm. Jeremy? That'd be great. Yep. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I like that. You must consider. Mm-hmm. You, you know where you're, you must consider your identity is now in Christ. Yeah. And elsewhere, I think in Ephesians or Colossians, he talks about, he says, your identity is now hidden with Christ. Mm-hmm. So that when, if you try to look at Heath, I'm hidden in the heavenlies with Christ. Right. Uh, there is a quote by John Bunyan where he's walking one day. John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he's walking one day, and he looks up to heaven, and he has this realization where he's thinking about his sin and his life, and he, he looks up to heaven, and he goes, he realizes that all, he says, all of my righteousness was sitting at the right hand of God. Hmm. And so he says, now I no longer need any of my own righteousness because all of my righteousness is already sitting up in heaven before God all day long. Yeah. And so that's why Jesus can be said to be the one who uh, is the justifier of the ungodly. Yep. He can be said to uh, be our mediator. Uh, that's why we have the Holy Spirit, who's our def- our lawyer on earth, and Jesus, who's our lawyer in heaven. We're covered on both fronts, Yeah. right? Uh, and so he is the justifier of the ungodly. All our righteousness is in Christ alone. I love that first part, too. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Yeah, put to death. On the cross. Mm-hmm. And so when, on the cross, when we read that story, it's not just Jesus who's dying on the cross. He's taking all of my sin. Yeah. And when you realize that, when you realize that your cross, that your sin was what was necessary to put him there, it just, it, you will never look at Easter the same way, hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you'll go to, you'll rejoice to go to Easter Sunday and just celebrate the fact that all of your sin, uh, all of your, your past, present, and future um, ungodliness has been destroyed. Yeah. And then that whole part about being slaves, what, what does it mean to be a slave to sin, Jeremy? What does that look like? It means that's what you're compelled to serve. It means that that's... Your master. Yeah, that you you don't have your own will. You're a slave either to sin or to God. And uh, sin, sin enslaves you to its will, or God uh, graciously enslaves you to his will. Yeah, no one has true free will. Because that's the whole point. If you are born into this world's sin with sinfulness, you're a slave to it. Yeah. It's going to be your master. And the whole point is that when Jesus dies on the cross, he now frees you from your chains. Mm-hmm. And he says, now you're free. Go live. Go be free. Yeah. And you go, well, I've never known freedom. I've been in this cell my whole life. What should I do? Oh, well, here's here's how to live free in God's country. And, and you go, well, you know, if you're a, if you're living in sin, you go, well, that's a bunch of rules. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're living in God's freedom, you go, oh, my word, that's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's all I have to do is go uh, live in Christ and, and live my life. Okay, I can do that, right? Because that's the natural outpouring of the regenerate heart. Yeah. You, you're new in Christ, and all that you want to do, it, 
is serve God. Like, yeah. All you want to do is please him because it, he's the one that freed you. If you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, you are a spirit person. Yeah. The Holy Spirit wins out at the end of the day, yeah. right? Um, and so ultimately, if he is sanctifying you, he's not going to fail. Like you're not going to get to the end of life and you go, well, I guess the Holy Spirit wasn't good enough, right? Yeah. He didn't try hard enough. No, he's he's gonna make if he's gonna make you look like Christ, he's gonna make you look like Christ. Yeah, and when you're enslaved to God, that sounds like some sort of oppression. But what enslaves you is your love for him, which you received because he loved you first. Yeah. And if you push if you're pushing back on this, let me let me challenge you to to think about why you're pushing back. If it if it constantly comes back to, well, I just don't think mm-hmm. or I don't know. If if everything you think goes, Oh, I don't, it starts with I. Right then you're doing exactly what we're telling you is happening. Yeah. That's your own sin saying, well, it's my own pride. I don't think this could happen. I need to identify. I need to, it's my body. It's my this, it's my this. Uh, none of that's true. Yeah. And if you just even, if even if you separate this from a spiritual aspect, no, you don't own anything. Yep. You really don't. If I don't go pay for my house, right? The government's going to take it. Okay. Yeah. I don't ever own my house. I, even if I paid off my house completely, my property taxes would... If I didn't pay those, they'd take my house. Yeah. Okay. You don't own your body. That's a that's such a false thing. Because guess what? If you want to go and you say, "Hey, um, I really like uh, state assisted suicide. I'd like to kill myself," they're going to say, "Oh no." Mm-hmm. You know, in some states you can't, right? But you don't own your body either. You can't even kill yourself without the police coming to stop you. Okay. And that's just based on the rules of our country. That's just the rules. Yeah. That's not even God's law. Right. And it goes so much deeper than that. There's so many things you cannot do with your own body. As much as people want to say, it's your body, do what you want, there's plenty of things they will not let you do. Yeah. And especially, you cannot do other things to other people with your own body. Right. So if you have complete freedom based on your own laws alone, apart from God's laws, you should be able to go out and do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, that's try, not... uh, try walking down the mall naked. See yeah. how that works. Yeah, yeah, see how that works. But it's your body. Yeah, you can do whatever um, you want. So so it's just a um, it's a foolish lie. It's a lie from Satan that, this, that you have complete autonomy, yeah. right? Uh, it's not true. And it's, the truth of the, the counterpoint to that lie is God owns everything because yeah. everything came from him and everything is his. Uh, the only thing that he's given to us is grace. And that would be really awful if he was a maniacal, egotistical, crazy maniac. Yep. But that never once in the Bible does it ever portray God like that. No, God is amazing. He's amazing. It only portrays him as a redeemer, as a rescuer, as a father, mm-hmm. as somebody who, who shepherds his sheep. That's all it ever portrays him as. Yep. And someone who holds uh, a standard that is his own. And uh, it's not capricious. That's his nature. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll end with Romans 6, 16 through 18. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Praise God. Do you love that? I do. I love it. Yeah. Um, I would, if I'm a slave to something, let it be to righteousness. Let it be to doing what's right. Uh, Batman is a slave to justice, mm-hmm. right? He cannot do anything but what is just. Uh, that's the whole. That's portrayed all throughout the comic books. Um, We'll have a whole episode on Batman, but the one thing I, I like to think about, on my wedding ring, I have the bat symbol. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a little bat symbol. You're such a nerd. I know, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> people See, that's when it crosses over. People are like, you what? Okay, you're legit, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my badge of honor. <laughs> uh, that's my wedding ring, right? But, but people always ask me, why do you want that? 
And part of it's it's freaking cool, right? Yeah. It's just really cool. Batman's the best. Yeah. The other part, though, is what happens in the city of Gotham when criminals see the bat symbol in the sky, Jeremy? They are afraid. They're afraid. And they're reminded of justice. Yeah. When I look at this symbol, this ring, it reminds me of what I what I promised to my wife. Mm-hmm. And so the bat symbol makes perfect sense to me because every time I look at my ring, I think there's somebody bigger than me who's holding me accountable. Yeah. Not And it's like a bat symbol in the sky of my heart, right? right. And I'm sitting there going, God, oh man, he's holding me accountable. Uh, so when it comes to my sexual brokenness, when it comes to all that, uh, and I fail, I, I think back to this ring, this symbol of justice and this symbol of what God has done yeah. in the lives of his people, and I re- repent. So that's my um, my bigger meaning. It's taken me a while to think of that, actually. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't my initial cool. <laughs> It wasn't my initial thing. It was either this, I told my wife, it was this or the one ring to rule them all, token. I had oh, to have dear. a token ring. That would be hard um, to find meaning in. Yeah, that would have been a little bit rougher. Yeah. But this was uh, what I stayed with. So uh, anyways, I hope you I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let me let me just encourage you that lastly, the last thing I want to say is that if you are struggling with any identity issues, mm-hmm. um, whatever that may look like, or even just wearing a mask or pretending to be someone else, uh, there is freedom in the church, yeah. in the body of the church. There, You can go to a pastor. Uh, I always tell my kids that they can come to me and there's very little, there's like a, a list of maybe three things where I would call the police on them, <laughs> you know, like, yep. um, and maybe that's not comforting to their parents to hear, but they I want them to have a freedom with me where I can accept them and love them and I can pour truth into their lives rather than condemnation mm-hmm. because everyone's, a lot of people are scared of their parents and there are things you won't tell your parents for fear of judgment or condemnation. Uh, and some people translate that to God. The same is true of God, though. He, he, he knows you already. Right. He knows you better than you know yourself, and you can come to him, and he's, he's going to be like me, hopefully. And, and I, I mean, I, better than me. Hopefully. Uh, oh, my word, better than me. <laughs> I, uh, open mouth, insert foot. He's going to be much better than me. And if, if there's three things I won't accept, he's going to forgive you no matter what, right, yeah. if you come in Christ. So anyway, so if you are struggling with that, let me encourage you to go to the church, find, find a body of believers um, don't believe the lies. Not not every church is perfect, obviously. Yeah. But find a Bible believing church, a gospel centered church, and go to the pastor and say, "Here's what I'm dealing with. I need some help." Yeah. And that could be alcoholism. It could be anything. Find some help for anything. Um, addiction, suicide, any of that stuff. You need help, and you need brothers and sisters who will rally around you and celebrate uh, the freedom that you can have. Yeah. And if you wonder what the mark of a good church is, uh, just start with asking them what. What do, you, what do you think of the Bible? Yeah. If they talk about that being the ultimate authority and the revealed will of God, uh, you've you're going to find truth. Yeah. Keep your eyes open, but you've got something yeah. there. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to interact with us, you can do so on Facebook at the Nerd Gospel Group. We have a fun little group, mm-hmm. um, about 100 or so people, yeah. and we just post silly things, and that'll grow, continue to grow. We pray and hope. Um, but you can interact with us there, our website, emails, all sorts of places. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. If you don't mind uh, reviewing the podcast. We would love that. Man, that would be huge. Stars uh, and stuff. Yeah, subscribing to our channel, uh, starring stuff. That does help move us up and more people find us and whatnot. So we have a lot of stuff, cool stuff planned coming up. So stay tuned. Every week we release this around Monday or so, mm-hmm. uh, depending on our schedules. But we try our best. We're too simple uh, simpletons. <laughs> simple men. We're simple, 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 simpletons. <laughs> Simple men. Uh, I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy.